red suit's face always like kills me. <laughs> it's always the same. I've been I've been editing today, and it's always like. Uh, Oh, crazy. Welcome, guys, to Kels and Betsy YouTube channel, where we talk about raising capital, investing with purpose. And today's going to be a great episode. Um, we have, we're going to hear from the viewpoint of an actual private money lender, um, what he looks for, his inside deals that he's done. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I know that. Um... I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't talk about, don't bring up. They'll say, oh, my lender this, my lender that. But they won't actually show you, like, this is my lender. This is the person that we work with a lot. This is our friend. A lot of lenders, they don't want to put themselves out there because then you have a person going to be pounding them down. But it's always good to kind of, like, hear what, like, have someone on the show, hear what they're looking for. So we're literally going to dive into all that and he even has his own website and everything so he's he's out there i didn't even know that see i'm gonna be guys we have a story to tell you guys about this yes but before we even dive in let us go to our disclaimer yes the following is for educational purposes only please do your own diligence um, we do not provide financial, legal, or professional advice. Yeah. Everything that we talk about is from our own experience, even um, that all our guests are here. All our guests talk about from their own experience. Everything's case by case. It might work for your situation. It might not work to uh, ask a professional, please, always. CPAs, attorneys, if you need them, let us know. Yep, yep. Uh, so even the, the guests that we're bringing on, He's just sharing his opinion, um, and we're going to share the story of how we all met, which is insane, if we have a little secret, but we're I just going to ask <laughs> questions. our guest to the main screen. Welcome, Kenneth Marthy. Welcome to our YouTube channel. You guys, this is the first time we actually see Kenneth's face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And we've been communicating for months now. Yeah. Never. You know, so what is it? The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> so a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Ghana, came to the States in 2000. Uh, I'm yeah. currently working as a pharmacist in the Air Force. Uh, so I've been doing real estate investing for about eight months now. I bought my first property in San Antonio and then in October of 22 and then in December of 22, I bought another one in Florida. Uh, so, pretty short, short um, track record as far as like being in real estate, but so far the journey's been fun. I'm looking forward to the future holds. So that, that's still good. But you said, like, for I think as you went out a little bit, um, what's your occupation? I'm a pharmacist. Okay. So Kenneth is a pharmacist doing it full time, and he's also an investor slash private money lender. Is there anything else that we need to add to the slash? Uh, <laughs> slash mogul, put it so, on there. Slash, oh, slash the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is insane because we talk. I mean, we met you. Well, Betsy met you first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you reached out to me. I think. Yeah. So how, how thing, did that so, happen? I want to know. Like, what did you? So say we're both in. 
we're both in step two. Uh, so I'll, on the Discord channel, I was just going through like the private money lending uh, little section that we have. So I was just going through it and I was looking at like what people were posting. And then I saw that she had a request out for a PML. Um, and luckily at that time I had funds that I was ready to deploy. So I reached out to her to see what like deal she had out there. Um, and the rest is history. I like how you said the rest is history. <laughs> okay, I think Kenneth is one of those people that I, I was just, when I was first starting to raise capital mm -hmm. and um, I didn't really have any deals yet until we got together with Galicia. And then we were like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can say it's coincidence, but, you know, it's probably something else, you know, something in the making. Yeah. No, that's like divine intervention. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, that's smart because you reached out, like, to try to find funding without having a deal, right? Because that's always a challenge, right? As opposed to having a deal and then trying to look for funding, uh, funding that's always an issue. So, like, doing it yeah. in reverse is pretty smart. But what made you even, like, decide to go into real estate and yet alone, like, be becoming a private money lender? What triggered that? So, I've been... Like, I've always been taught, like, you know, the stock market is the best way to build wealth. Um, so with, like, the current economic situation, that when COVID hit, I think it's when, like, I had, like, a light bulb flip in my head. So I lost, like, maybe, like, 60, 80K in the stock market. Um, so I started pulling money out slowly to try and kind of, like, park it somewhere else until I find a better vehicle for it. So, I mean, that's kind of what kind of me started on my journey. And then I reached out to one of my friends. He um, He's also a pharmacist. And I know he had an investment property in, um, in Florida. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, like, what's the best resource to, like, get into real estate? And he said, bigger pockets. And then I just hopped on it. Uh, to uh, bigger pockets OG podcast and then the rookie podcast. And then um, just started consuming content. That's why real estate. Um, and then I just pulled the trigger in October. To buy my first property in but my thing is like losing um 68 70k <clears throat> like go back to that story because for for a lot of people if they lose that money in the stock market they're not even thinking okay um let me go and start investing somewhere else for a lot of people the mindset is i'm done with this right. i need to take a break like Tell me about like your thought process during that time. Like you literally just went straight into, I need to pull my money out and I need to keep reinvesting. Like, tell me about that portion. So I think it's mainly like a mindset thing, right? So um, I think like one one thing about me is like my mindset is pretty fortified. So it really didn't phase me because I knew like at the back end of it, like I could write off those losses over time uh, just because like we, even with like capital gains, like you can write off your uh, your losses, I think it's like three thousand uh, dollars per tax annual year. So mm -hmm. I know I'm going to make that money back down the road. But in the meantime, where else can I put my money to kind of recoup the money that I've lost? Yeah. So it's just a mindset thing. Man, did you always want to put somewhere where your your money somewhere where it could grow? You weren't like I'm just going to put it in the savings. That was, that was always my plan, which is why I got into um, the stock market, just because I knew people over time real wealth. Um, obviously, if you choose the right um, stocks, um, especially like ETFs, you just buy it and 
just forget about it and probably 20 years you make more than you put in. Um, so I already see that was the call. I knew putting my money in a bank account so they can give me 10 cents every month wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so, so you knew that okay i wanna i wanna put my money i just wanna invest it and leave it yeah the true definition of passive income a lot of people don't even yeah. they, yeah. they don't even and it's, it's ironic because i was always like against real estate just because i'm like because I, I was ignorant to it i didn't understand the benefit that it had i just knew more so like the risk associated with it like uh you have to make a lot of maintenance to the house obviously it depends on what kind of house but there was more negative to it that I heard from other people than like actually educating myself about what the benefits are. And it has risk, but the benefits are really risk. That makes sense. Just a little side note, but I think you keep your your volume keeps going a little bit down. Charlie, one second, fix my head. <laughs> You're good. So like something like it's go and I know you're like sharing a lot of like info. So I was like, I don't want our viewers or listeners to like miss out because they're this is like Yeah, let me let me know because of the show I'll probably switch this No, this is good. Yeah, it's still happening. <laughs> it's awesome. wait, keep talking let's keep talking and see what happens. Okay. I'll so, just uh, try to talk louder. Okay. I wanted to ask you what factors and criteria do you consider when you're selecting an investment opportunity? So the one thing I look at is the like the term or how the duration of um, time that my money is going to be in the deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first two deals I did, uh, so yours was the second. The first one I did was for 12 months. Um, so I look at the duration and then I look at the potential return for it. And also I look at like the area that um, my money is going to be. Spent. So duration um, and then the return and then the area. Is that the three criteria that I look at. How do you, I think this might be a two-part question, but like the first one is like, how did you like know what your goal, not even your goal, but to come up with an investment criteria? Like, like you look on the loan terms and everything, but how did you decide like, okay, I don't want to do anything um, beyond a year or I only want to do things for three months. And then the part two question is a lot of persons now they want a high return and they need their money like three months. But I know for you as well, you are always open to doing longer term loans. Like what, what's your reasoning behind that? So I guess it came from like me being able to like analyze uh, like the stock market. So using that uh, kind of approach and relating to real estate. So obviously higher risk, higher rewards, right? So being, being comfortable with being comfortable with the risk is obviously the first thing, right? So being able to be comfortable with how long you can be with, you can part with your money, um, and then being able to get that return back. So obviously, I'm trying to switch my my approach a little bit uh, to more of a short term, shorter duration uh, lending, just because I want to be able to turn out my money a lot quicker. Because um, I know the faster I get it back, the faster I can put it into a different deal, and I can flip it. Okay. And then how did you determine like, okay, I want to do this amount of loan. Well, well, you actually just answered that. So you're pretty good. <laughs> but that's fine as well. Because we find that a lot of persons, um, they want to get into lending, but they just don't know what to, what criteria to come up with. 
they're just going with the flow of what everyone is doing or saying or what they're telling them what they're telling them like did you have i know you mentioned that you listen to bigger pockets and podcasts and all that different things but did you have someone in your circle or like a team to help guide you or someone who lent money before um to determine this no not really no <laughs> so i mean being this up to that that also helped just because of like the the content that's out there it kind of exposes you to like what different people are doing especially with um the videos that page puts out um, being yeah. able to educate yourself first about you know, the right things to do with you know, uh, private money lending. Like, obviously, you don't send the money straight to the person's bank account, right? Like, that's yeah. the first rule. Um, so being able to understand, like, the rules behind private money, like, the stages and approaches and educating yourself. And then after educating yourself, being able to know what you're comfortable with as mm -hmm. far as, like, how long you can go without your money and then what you want your money to come back to you. That makes sense. The... um. Your first deal, the first deal that you've ever lent on. Let's do a little breakdown on that. Um, okay. Tell us uh, a little bit about the deal and then we'll ask the following questions after that. Okay. Um, so that one also I found in the Discord channel. Um, so it was a sub two student. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just looking for a lending for 35K for a property in Arkansas. Arkansas. There's still no <laughs> So it's supposed to be, it's going to be, uh, it was for a short-term rental. They were doing a, a fixer-upper and then they were flipping it um, to rent out. Mm -hmm. So that one was for a 12-month term for 10% back. Um, so I knew I was okay with getting a 10% return in 12 months. Um, and you said 12 months or four months? 12 months. Okay. Yeah. So I knew I was, I was comfortable with that. Um, and also like the way they the way they outlined the deal and the pictures that they showed me, um, it looked pretty promising. Um, so actually they paid me like six, five months um, earlier than I was expecting, which allowed me to put my money into a different deal. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. How did you, so did you, with this sub to student, did you ever have a conversation with them before? Like how did you, like decide like yeah the deal looks good but I want to go with that person. What made you decide that? Um, so honestly, it's just about taking chances. Um, I know like usually like in the W two world, if you're applying for a job, it requires you to have like X amount of experiences, right? And you're like, how can I break in if I don't have the experience? Yeah. So like speaking to that person, I was able to understand like, hey, they've done this before. Um, you know, it's not the first time they've done it before. It's not the first time they've done something like this. So they have that experience. I mean, so if they didn't, it's like, it's kind of, obviously it's riskier, right? You could be like, okay, I'll give you the 12%, I mean, the 12 month um, that you need, but I want a higher, you know, interest rate just because you want to mitigate your risk versus your rewards. So that's another approach you can use is you can negotiate, but based on what they told me, I was, able, I was comfortable with their experience and them knowing what exactly they're doing. Okay, that makes sense. So you're comfortable with... Man, the only thing I could like picked up right now, like one year of risk taker. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how do you manage risk? How do you assess and manage risk? Um, it's just based on experience. Um, I mean, I guess like of the I'm investor. Like, uh, both. So as well, my experience as far as like my knowledge base, as well as like that of the investor. Um, so putting the two together helps you manage risk as far as understanding like what their their experiences and then based on their experience what data can you pull from that and what data do you have as far as like your knowledge base 
they can put it together to make an informed decision. Because um, that, so that really drives a lot of the decisions I make. Oh, I have a good feeling about you, so let's change it. Where do you get, I'm just, I'm not, I'm being like the completely newbie right now. <laughs> Where are you getting your data from? Did you, and did you know how to underwrite deals before this first project? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> now, I won't say I knew how to like 100% underwrite deals, um, but I knew enough to make an informed decision. Um, and as far as, um, as far as like getting the data, it's like, it's just like, it's a lot on the internet, obviously, right? But right now I'm using AI to drive most of the data that I um, obtain. So that helps out a lot as well. That really comes down to like the underwriting and then the learning curve. Obtain those data to make those decisions. So that helps out a lot. Well, you just went up just now. Yeah. Sorry. So I mentioned AI and updating the data. So I use a lot of um, like AI tools to to get more of the data that I normally would have to like search on Google. Yeah. Um, so the one that I use is called perplexity.ai. So that one has access to the internet. So based on what prompt I use, it provides me like references to like where it's pulling that data from. And I can go straight to the data and then double check behind the AI solutions. Right, so, cause I'm, still, I'm taking notes. This is perplexityai.com? Uh, perplexity.ai. That money, I'm gonna check this out. I am we're using it, um, AI right now to write a pitch deck. This is wrong, but uh, for one of our oh, one of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had a conversation, Kenneth and I, about um, using an AI for our leads, and I just I haven't talked to you about it yet, Kalisha, but it's awesome. It's the, the things that I think that that we should even. That should be a topic that we should talk about. Things that you can generate real estate, like content, um, raising capital, newsletters, wait, yeah, it's, it's insane. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, it's crazy how fast it's growing. It's, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard, um, Justin actually said a, that most of the companies that don't integrate AI into their companies, they're not going to move forward. It's just not going to. And then you're also going to need a person to handle all the AI tools. So that'll yeah. be a new job, you guys. Looking for a Blockbuster versus Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of persons don't even want to keep up. Some persons hate it. Um, but yeah. us Every new thing is hated, though. I mean, it's kind of like something that happens always. Everybody's like, ah, I hate it. And then they, everybody uses it. It becomes a norm. Get with a program. Now, so going back to your first deal, yeah. like, what documents did you have? Like, what was your safety net um, to make sure that your investment was protected, it was secured, and it was insured? And did you provide those paperwork? Because I know some lenders like providing it, and then you have some where the investors provide those paperwork. Yeah. So I drafted up my own um, PML uh, document, so a promissory note, and then I put in the terms that I wanted, uh, that I knew I was comfortable with, um, like making sure that that binds us. And then uh, there was a mortgage that was also placed on the house as a, as a way for, like a secondary protection, just because the PML is not really... It's a contract, but it's not really binding. So you need something, mm -hmm. something like that. You can do a mortgage or you can do a deed in trust. Um, so the state in Arkansas was a mortgage. Mm -hmm. 
Did you hear him, Betsy? No. Oh man, sorry. So you mentioned the promissory note. Talk about the the, yeah. the deed. So I wrote, I drafted up a promissory note with the terms that I was comfortable with. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, when we opened up escrow, they had the escrow company draft up a mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, so that way, I was also protected in that regard, just because the PML is not really as binding as having a mortgage on the property. Yeah. And then when so you got the two documents that I had. So you had two set of documents. What was the next step after you got the documents? So the next steps were making sure the escrow company that I was a little bit, I was a little paranoid, obviously it's my first deal. So making sure the escrow company was like a legit company. So I Googled them. Um, it was like a franchise company. So I Googled them, make sure the, um, the person, the person that was communicating with me from the escrow company was actually on like the, the company's directory. Yeah. So I made sure that that was legit. It's like it's not like some you know fake escrow company making you know trying to provide me with the sense of comfort that hey this is legit because we're an escrow company. So and that's a pro research. tip. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like we try to tell people that all the time. New experience, we don't care. Like now it becomes a habit. So yeah. it's one of the things that we go over. Like hey, call the escrow company. Make sure it is mm -hmm. that everything's good. Like, Legit. Yeah, and I mean, not even call them. You have to Google them because they can provide you a number where you know they have a scammer on the on the other side. But yeah, this is the escrow. This is our. Uh, so you gotta like double check. Yeah. yeah. So you got your paperwork. You verified the wire instructions. And I'm assuming then you wired the funds. After you wired the funds, what was the next step? So after I wired the funds, um, trying to think what was the. So we're standing communication, uh, just basically like, hey, we received the funds. Um, we'll keep you up to date if anything changes as far as like if we can pay you sooner or what have you, right? So I also had in the PML, like if you pay outside of the agreed upon terms, um, you just have to, an X amount percentage on top of a late fee. Uh, so that was like an incentive to make sure like this thing within the terms of our agreement. That was good. Um, so yeah, just also uh, like communication, but not like constant communication where you know you're texting or checking up on you know the property every every uh, every so day. So Pearl was constantly up, uh, updating you about the project. No, no, I'm saying basically after the funds were um, after the funds were deposited, they yeah. basically verified that hey, we received the funds. Uh, we'll go ahead and use it as we discussed, and essentially that was it. Um, so usually in the in a situation like this, you don't want to, you don't want to like keep texting or keep following up to see a like, is my money safe? You know what I'm saying? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, that kind of gets that kind of gets annoying because you have to kind of you have paperwork to, that protects you, so you have to you know trust in the process that the paperwork is going to protect me if you know if something happens where they're not able to pay, you, you at least have a lien on the property when you can sell it. And then, so you said that you got, so this project, it was 12 months. Oh, yeah. Are you on second position on this one? Yes. Okay. okay. That's good. And you had a lien. That's what we were talking about, the mortgage. You had that lien. Yes. On the second uh -huh. lien. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. The, when it was time for you to be repaid for that loan, walk us through that process for you to get your money back. So in order to, so first I had to uh, release the, I had to, in order for everything to be like good and well, I had to return the original 
signed document of the PML. And then I had to sign and I don't think I had to get it notarized, but I had to sign a discharge of mortgage disclosure. Yeah. Um, so first I made, they deposited the funds. They sent me a check actually. And then I deposited the funds. And then once the funds cleared, then I went ahead and sent over the documents. So what, what Kenneth is talking about, so normally for a private money lender, when it's time for you to be repaid, I think that you will do a lien release form and you can do, you will do a payoff statement. Um, those are the two that we normally do. The lien release form, you can do it yourself. Your attorney can do it. You can ask a title company to do it. But you need to ensure that it is recorded because a lot of persons don't do that. They just have something signed. But especially if this, the deed, the second lien position was recorded, you got to make sure that when you do the, the lien release as well, um, that is also recorded because it will show that the property still has a second lien on it if it's not recorded. That's something a lot of persons forget. They think the lender just signs and that's it. Right. Like that needs to be like fully recorded and taken off the property. So guys. Yeah, and that's mainly up to um, the, the person that was lending the money or the, uh, the lendee to make sure that the escrow company did their job. And yeah. Got that because that's, that's not your job you got your you, your right. job is you get your I got, money i got my money yeah and you sign the lien release that's your job everything yeah. has yeah. That. my part is over my part is done yeah <laughs> on to the next one next deal hello yep. and that's <laughs> when you can call it <laughs> right listen yeah. it's the beginning yep. um I, what i really and i'm, I'm saying i think i don't know if i've said it before is that Love the fact that you're flexible and mm -hmm. your definition of looking at a deal by deal basis you know what your long-term goal is and for you is it's two things it is either my quick return but at the end of the day i still need uh equity i need to own properties i need to benefit from the cash flow and you're not that type of lender where it's like it has to be this strategy only, and it has to be this loan term only. Yeah. Right. No, because then I think a lot of lenders who do that, they're stifling their, their, themselves. They're stifling, like limiting themselves to opportunities that will pop up. So I appreciate that and respect that with what you're doing. That's like the true definition of being like one of rather a real <laughs> lender. You're like, I have a goal. Let's get this done. And background yeah. too, so that's that's pretty good. And doing having a full time W two job, and yeah, trying to I mean, acquire multifamily properties. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. He's like trying to. He, you're doing a lot, so kudos, pat yourself on the shoulder. Yes, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are doing a lot. Like I know this is coming close to an end, but. What advice would you give to someone who's completely new and looking to lend? Uh, it could be someone who's new to real estate on a whole and have funds mm -hmm. and get in. It could be someone who have experience with real estate, but not on the private money lending side. So I'll say um, like references would be a good start. Um, I didn't do that when I first started, but it would be a good start as far as like asking the person, hey, like, how many deals have you done or how many private uh, money lenders have you used? 
you might probably reach out to them, uh, kind of like bend them that way if that provides you comfort. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be a good start. But obviously, it starts with your like your knowledge base, like knowing like what to do, what not to do. Again, like you never want to send money directly to the person, so that's like number one rule. So knowing what to do, what not to do, um, and then obviously like bending that person, listening uh, references that they've done deals before or they've used private money numbers before. Just do, 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 do diligence. Do your due diligence. So guys, so just to just to just to um repeat what Kenneth said, guys. And he said some about do your own due diligence. That does not mean you need to learn every single step of how to honor the deal. If you don't know, ask someone for experience so you can get a second opinion. That's it. And use AI. Yeah, use AI. Um, and really vet the persons. Um, if they're completing you and the deal looks good, ask them, like, have you got, done a deal before? Have you used private money before? If they have, hey, can you give referrals? We've had lenders who ask us for that. And we're always happy to share lenders that we've worked with so they can give their experience um, with working with us as well. So ask as many questions as you can to make you guys feel comfortable. Um, is there like any, and you can knock on wood for this if there's nothing, but <laughs> any challenges that you face or obstacles since you got into the private money lending space and how did you overcome those obstacles? So far, so I've only done three deals total uh, so far. So I'm trying to expand on more so of my transactional lending. Um, so, so far I've not really had any issues, but I feel like doing transactional lending actually going to be an issue, yeah. uh, but so far, no issues that I can. Uh, is there any? Yeah. Is there any red flags that you've seen that you're like avoid? Yeah, so someone sent me a request to um, to do a PML on the deal that was closing like in two days. I was like, nah. so because I, I don't have time. You know, I didn't have the adequate time to like do my part of like my due diligence. So, like that's a no no. Like if anybody's trying to ask for like a PML and you have a deal, like you should send that ahead of time, not, not a couple days before the deal. And look, and the thing is too, you're, you know what you're comfortable with. That's your criteria. You need more than two days. So you're not, it can look so good. You're not even gonna think about it. Cause you know, within yourself, you need time to, to do your own due diligence. Whereas you have some lenders who are, they'll be like, Hey, you need this in two days, I'm going to increase my rate, or I need this, or I need that, but that's their computer. So again, yeah. knowing what you guys are comfortable with is pretty, they just need to get clear of that. And that's my And also, also the exit strategy of like the end buyer, like if they're going to flip it, if they're going to do like a lease option, if they're going to wrap it, like you have to like understand those strategies as well in order to yeah. make like an informed decision. No, like definitely. But how, what in your business do you need help with? Like, what would you love right now? If you can get anything, deal, money, what, what would that be? More money. I'm working on, I'm working on establishing uh, like a database, uh, reaching out to like more private lenders. Um, so I'm going to start reaching out to self-directed IRA companies um, and then see if they have like a, 
like days that they allow someone to present, then I'll go in and present about like you know what a good real estate deal looks like. Um, you know, just like give it out there, not like so the state as far as like, hey, I want you to invest in my deal, but like let them know you can invest in real estate with a self-directed IRA, and this is what you should look for in a good deal. So that's gonna be my next uh, approach. No oh, man, this was good. Yeah. See, for your first time, you did good. You should do yeah, this yeah. <laughs> more, like, more often. So this was pretty yeah. good. Well, I have one last question, but it's kind of personal. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we help? Is it helpful that we give you all the information and we get you, like, if you have any questions, we're, like, super open with everything. Does it help? Yeah, communication is definitely key because um, you need to be, you need to rely on being able to get, you know, get a hold of the person, right? So communication is definitely um, over communicating. is not a bad thing. It's always a good thing, like always over communicating. So that's the yeah. Wow, it's man. coming back to those relationships, man. Yeah, yeah. Let the lender be like, "Hey, you were annoying." Let the the lender, yeah, the lender should be like, "You're annoying. Can you just stop?" Yeah, <laughs> like if you can't, you know, hang out with that person, or you know grab a beer with them, like, you probably don't want to do business with them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I definitely reach out to Kenneth whenever I have questions, so. <laughs> <laughs> he would be like, sorry for texting you so late, and I'm like, Kenneth, I'm up working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all relationships, so uh, that's also major. No, but no, this was like, we're so happy to have you. Yes. Um, Thanks for having me. It was fun sharing your experience and what you're doing and is there anything else that you want to tell the public or any other people who are looking to lend or looking for lenders uh yeah if you're looking for a lender uh, you can shoot me an email uh, i can give uh, i can give them my contact information you guys can reach out to me. Um, i have a website for transactional lending um i have a website for financial education um, so yes Man, knowledge. Yeah, knowledge is power. <laughs> it is. Like, even at the transactional side, like, ooh, guys, that yeah. info is going to be in our description. Um, it's there. I think it's there. Um, with all the, the website info that you guys need. Y'all need a lot. A lot of persons need transactional lending. Yeah. I got you. He got you, guys. He <laughs> But no, thank you so much for being on Raquel's and Betsy's show, talking about raising capital and how you're investing with purpose. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, uh, for watching as well. Let us know what you guys thought. think about this episode. Like it. You can do a thumbs down, too, but no, don't do a thumbs down. <laughs> do a thumbs up. Uh, if you guys haven't subscribed us yet, subscribe to our channel and also wherever you're listening to your podcast because we're available on all platforms that you listen to your podcast. Be sure to follow us. Share it with a friend as well. Leave us a review and let us know what else you guys want us to talk about, what guests you guys want us to bring on. But until next time, thank you guys and see ya.